coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So we uh, went over there today and broke down uh, the animal with him and uh, talked shop, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. So when you say we, did Erica go with you? <laughs> that's what I was imagining. <laughs> <laughs> she would never. I didn't think so. <laughs> she probably likes that about as much as she likes truffle mac and cheese. Right, exactly. (laughs) It got processed four or five days ago, and then we broke it down today. So it's really fresh. I mean, it has insane. It's probably one of the most beautiful pork I've ever seen. The marbling's insane on it. I mean, it is. You can tell there's a lot of love that was put into raising these pigs that he has. All of our pastas are making house. You never have to worry about a pasta shortage. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing, though. There's a shortage of bucatini. I yeah, I didn't know either. There's so many strange things out there that there's a shortage of. For the first two years we were open, we didn't have tomato sauce anywhere else. Right. Right. Because you had some sort of agreement with Moscato's, right? <laughs> yeah, you could say that, yes. <laughs> Without going into detail, you can kind of say that, yeah. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Chef David Benstock. David is the co-owner and chef at Il Retorno, Greenstock, and St. Pete Meat and Provisions. And at the top of the show, we have Abby with her recipe for a delicious, healthier spin on Zupa Toscana. We We have have a great great show, so stick stick around. around. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for the fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The Spaghetti and Meatballs. It's so good. 
going. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. And they also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Please welcome, with our monthly recipe, straight from the St. Pete Foodies Test Kitchen, Abby Allen. Welcome, Abby. Hello, guys. We want to thank Rollin' Oats for sponsoring the recipe segment. Thank you, Rollin' Oats. And did we get all of the ingredients from Rollin' Oats again? Absolutely. Right Every single <laughs> Yes. So Rollin' Oats is a locally owned organic food market where you can get the highest quality ingredients for cooking at home. And they also have delicious, delicious prepared foods for when you're on the run or don't feel like cooking. And they do have some, they gave us a heads up that they are going to have some changes coming up. So we don't, they're not all set yet. So we don't know what they are, but we will next time. Yes. And by the way, they have been around for over 26 years. And they've been a sponsor of St. Petersburg Foodies for a year and a half. Yeah. Fabulous. So we're going Italian. We are. We're going Italian. I know when we had, you and I had kind of talked about this recipe for this month. A while back, you had mentioned, you know, maybe like a soup or a stew or, you know, something hearty, which absolutely is totally fitting for this weather that we've mm-hmm. been having. So I um, had been experimenting with like a Zuppa Toscana. And for those of you who don't know, Zuppa Toscana quite literally translates to a Tuscan mm-hmm. soup. And also it's a classic, apparently at all yeah, gardens, yeah. but I haven't been- Yeah, if, if you if you Google it, Zupa, Google Zupa Toscana and a whole bunch of olive, like Olive Garden copycat recipe comes right, up. Right, right. I want to say I whenever I did go to Olive Garden, I always got the pasta visual. Yeah. You should also Google Abby Allen recipes. Yes. We rank for that. All right, Abby, go on. Sorry. Okay. So, um, yeah, this Tuscan soup, I mean, it's typically made with a combination of kale, potatoes, uh, sausage, heavy cream, chicken stock, garlic and onion, and, you know, various other Italian spices. So, I mean, again, not a terrible choice, but I always like to take a put a healthy spin on things. So what I've done with this recipe, um, instead of utilizing heavy cream, for example, we put in coconut cream. And I know you might be thinking, oh, how does that taste in a soup? Surprisingly, you cannot taste the coconut at all because all those other flavors, especially with the sausage, and I put fresh oregano in and crushed red pepper flakes. Yeah, so they kind of outshine. You really do not taste it at all. And it still is really nice and, and creamy. 
Um, so yeah, and to start it out, you utilize I beef tallow or like any kind of a fat of choice. We usually have some kind of fat that um, left over, or you could just use butter. Or if you wanted to go the vegan route, you could use olive oil and then sub out your sausage for uh, a meatless right. option. Yeah. And then you just, you know, cook down your, your onion and your garlic and yeah, nah. oh, I hear that. Popular. I'm sorry. You can hear all the dings and everything on your. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out how to turn that off. Yeah, so we'll, we'll figure it out for next time. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let's just keep going. Okay. So yeah, beef tallow, um, saute your, saute your sausage, get that cooking. And then you are going to remove that because what we're going to do is thicken the soup. We're going to put it in the blender to kind of make it creamy and give it that comforting feeling. So you pull out your sausage, saute your onion, your garlic, add in some, uh, I like to use bone broth and Rollin' Oats has really great bone broth. It's my favorite. It's from Bonafide Provisions and you're going to find it in the freezer section. Mm-hmm. It's very high quality. It's a little pricier, but it's, it's again, mm-hmm. the quality. So you're going to use that. And I use red potatoes. You can use any kind of potatoes, peel them, not peel them. Again, totally up to whatever your preference is. And then uh, five cups of fresh lacinato kale. Five cups sounds like a lot, but it's going to be about a bunch and a half, two bunches, depending on how. Yes. Yeah. It's going to cook down. And then just a 13 and a half ounce can of coconut milk. Um, Let that all cook. And then you take some, put it in the blender, add it back in, add your sausage back in. I finish it with some fresh oregano and that's it. Simple. Yes. Oh my gosh. We have herbs that are actually surviving for a change (laughs) on our porch. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, (laughs) Recently I went to the store to get some basil that Lori was, was cooking a recipe at home and I was on my way over and she was just missing one thing, which was basil. I go to downtown Publix, the one by me on uh, third and they are out of basil, but they have basil plants. So when I walked the door with it, I said to Lori, here, I got you a plant to kill. Exactly. I can't keep any plants alive. Oh my gosh. Basil is the worst, especially those plants like that. If you don't use it up, I mean, I'd kill them off in a couple I'd days. I'd still be alive. It's been almost two weeks, but Miraculous. it's not oh, dark green good. anymore. Yeah. Hey, that's longer than I would have kept it alive. So I good guess. for you. But yes. So we have for January uh, fitting for the cooler weather. Zupa mm-hmm. Toscana, mm-hmm. a healthier version with all the ingredients from Rolling Oats. We want to thank them for sponsoring the monthly recipe and Abby Allen for of creating course. it. And you will find the recipe with some great photos and instructions on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Buen provecho, y'all. We'll be <laughs> right back with David Benstock from Il Retorno, Greenstock, and St. Pete Meat and Provisions. We'll be right back. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food. And Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth. And the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Please welcome the co-owner and executive chef of Il Retorno, 
Greenstock, and St. Pete Meat and Provisions, David Benstock. Welcome, David. Yeah, thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing great. And yeah, and your levels are looking good now too. Oh, great. So you were on episode 39. That was back in May 2019. Yep, seems so long ago. That because there's a ton of great info. And I'll just uh, mention a few things here You that we learned on your first episode. You worked in restaurants as a teenager. You have cooked in San Francisco, New York at the Modern, Colorado with Wolfgang Puck, Venice, Italy, and the Fountain Blue in Miami. Those are just a few places. Yes. Yep, that's correct. So we had a pandemic and you got busy and creative by opening two new places. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously unexpected. But uh, um, yeah, during this pandemic, uh, actually right before we had just opened up Greenstock and then as a, I guess, result of the pandemic, we opened up St. Pete Meat, which has kind of helped us out through, uh, through this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So how have things changed for you since the start of the pandemic? We've definitely focused a lot more on uh, to-go dining. You know, we've never had Uber Eats before this, and it was something we never even considered. And now it's something that is a big uh, support system for our restaurant. You know, figuring out different ways that people can enjoy food at home and not necessarily come out to the restaurant has been our big goal. Um, and that's kind of why we created St. Pete Meat, because we knew you know, on Instagram and Facebook, everyone posts pictures of the meat they're cooking or the new dishes they're making or the bread or pasta. So we figured um, St. Meat would be uh, a great addition uh, to people's home cooking, being able to provide quality restaurant uh, meats uh, to the home consumer. Also having fresh pasta available and some pickles and stuff like that that you normally wouldn't be able to get. Yeah, right. that, it's awesome. And we've tried it and the meat is amazing. Yeah, we, we really pride ourselves on the quality of meat. I mean, it's um, we don't we don't just bring in commodity meat. We bring in the best that's sourced from the best sources. I mean, we have teamed up with local farms and um, different Wagyu vendors all over the country uh, to bring in some cool stuff. Yeah. And we actually uh, changed the original time to record this podcast because you had something else scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so all of our farms, uh, John over there, great guy. Um, I mean, they've really kind of become family to us because uh, we've created a great partnership with them um, where we both, you know, work together on both sides. But they have been uh, raising some pigs and uh, one of them specifically for us. So we uh, went over there today and broke down uh, the animal with him and uh, talked shop and it was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So when you say we, did Erica go with you? <laughs> that's what I was imagining. <laughs> <laughs> she would never. I didn't think so. <laughs> she probably likes that about as much as she likes truffle mac and cheese. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Talked about too in previous episodes. Yeah. So yeah, Oliver Heritage Farms, they're in Dover, Florida. That's east of Brandon. Yeah, really. It's like a 45 minute drive this morning. It's really not bad at all. Yeah, and you also, uh, St. Pete Meat and Provisions from Oliver Heritage Farms, you also get uh, chicken and duck eggs. And then you also work with Creekstone Farms, D Durham Ranch, Fort McCoy Ranch, Springer Farms, and Culver Farms. Yeah, we kind of moved away from Springer now. Um, Oliver Farms has really taken over our entire chicken program at St. Pete Meat. 
green stock and il ritorno along with our eggs that we use for all of our pasta. We also buy our ducks from them, our whole ducks, and that's what we sell over at St. Pete Meat and what we use on our menu at uh, il ritorno. And then, you know, every once in a while they have some some pigs that they raise that we get from them also, but it's not something that they do on a consistent basis like the uh, chickens and the ducks. Right. right. So, so the pig that was broken down or you broke down today, what will you be doing Ooh, with? You know, that's funny you say that. We have it all planned out before it's even ready. So I knew uh, I knew this. <laughs> yeah. So the leg, we're actually going to make a prosciutto, at, prosciutto out of it. So it'll be about uh, nine months to a year before that's done. Wow. The belly, we're going to uh, cure some pancetta. So that'll take about a month and a half. And then in two months, we're releasing, uh, we've been doing these regional tasting menus at Il Retorno. So right now we're doing the Piemonte. Um, but with the rest of the um, the pig, we're going to make Induja, some Calabrese Soprasada, because come March, we're going to be releasing the uh, Calabrese or Calabrian um, tasting dinner. Nice. So we're going to get all that curing now so that the charcuterie plate that we create is something that we've made in-house and, uh, you know, get ahead of it. What, what's so the we have plans? Can we make a <laughs> now? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. You so knew really, it's really Can't wait to hear what they're doing with it. Yeah. So, will you sell any of that out of uh, St. Pete Meat? So, actually, um, the the charcuterie, no. Uh, can you hear me? Sorry. Yes, yes. Um, the charcuterie, no, but uh, the pork loins, chops, porterhouses that. We get from it. We will sell them in the next couple of days. So we're going to be butchering nice. them today and tomorrow to get them over there. Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, this this pig literally, you know, it got processed four or five days ago, and then we broke it down today. So it's really fresh. I mean, it has insane. It's probably one of the most beautiful pork I ever seen. The marbling's insane on it. I mean, it is. You can tell there's a lot of love that was put into raising these pigs that he has. Right. So that'll be available this coming weekend? Yep. Which, as you guys are listening to it, I'm sorry, was last weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as our well, listeners no. are listening to it, but I'm planning to come over this weekend. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they'll be available probably around like 12 or 1 o'clock tomorrow once we get done butchering them. Awesome. But, uh, and that's been fun, the butcher shop. It's uh, something new for all of us, and we've been uh, we've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you know what else I want to try? I think it's pretty cool. I just noticed today that you have this on, on the St. Pete Meat and Provisions menu. A duck confit kit includes two legs and a half a pint of duck fat. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're trying to create stuff like that for the home cook, something fun. You know, normally finding duck fat's not an easy thing to do. So um, mm-hmm. to have a kit like that, like so many people I know have always wanted to make duck confit, but they don't know where to get the fat. And then you got to buy the whole duck and, you know, yeah. how to take the legs off. So it just creates like, a little meal for someone at home, really easy. A little salt, a little we're doing it. Spice, you throw it in the oven, low heat, two and a half, three hours later, you got the best duck confit. Yep. I think we're doing that this weekend. And the pork. And nice. the pork, right? Yeah. We recently just did a, a, a pork chop sous vide, which we had not done before. And oh my God, I can't wait to do that with this. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Put some oil and some herbs in the bag and then Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and just just before we uh move move on, uh I want to just mention some. So there's beef, there's poultry, and there is pork and lamb. Yep. And there there's uh wagyu steaks, American wagyu that is. Um there's New York strip, prime prime ribeye, uh fillet tips, 
there's uh, like we mentioned the uh, there's duck breast, yeah. duck duck eggs, duck legs, uh, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and we, and then, we really bring in some cool stuff like every once in a while, like you'll see online today. Um, we're about to release. We have a uh, six uh, sixty day dry aged bone in ribeyes um, that we're going to be selling. And once they're out, we're out. Um, but we're gonna, we always are going to have some fun stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, you also, you guys. I mean, in the provision side, you can get Il Ritorno house-made spaghetti, gr- the Greenstock hummus. I think is some of the best hummus in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The salad dressing. Oh, the Fresno blue cheese salad oh, dressing. Yeah. Love That's my favorite. Love it. Yeah. You can put that on anything. I yeah. wish I liked blue cheese. <laughs> and yeah, and that kind of leads me into uh, Greenstock. So. St. Pete Meat and Provisions is actually located inside of Greenstock, which is just two doors down from Mill Retorno. This is all on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. Right. So you can either walk in and buy your meat and provisions right there in Greenstock or order online at stpetemeat.com, correct? Yep, that is correct. Um, what are you so finding as far as ordering is going and percentage-wise? people are ordering more online, we found. Um, oh, interesting. It's yeah. nice because it creates an experience where you order online, you pay for it online, um, which we kind of redid our system in the last week or two. But now you order online, you pay for online, you come there and literally you get a bag and you go. That's awesome. So yeah, it's very is, easy. Uh, you know, nervous about COVID or anything. It's a uh, very safe. Come in, grab it and you're on your way. Right. Yep. We've been doing that a lot with Greenstock lately too. So I guess we're going to be making a visit soon. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into Greenstock. I want to also, obviously we need to talk about Retorno and then I have some other questions for you. Yeah, we'll be great. right back in two minutes. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore. So they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. 
Roland Oates St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. We are back! We are back! We are back with Executive Chef David Benstock, and we have been talking about St. Pete Meat and Provisions, the new uh, butcher shop that opened this year. And also, so I guess I, I originally, I misspoke a little bit in the very beginning. Uh, Greenstock wasn't uh, after pandemic. It was, no, right, it was be, right before it actually. Yeah, because it's almost a year, over a year old, right? Yeah, we opened uh, December of 2018. Well, right. yeah, yeah. Wow. Right. So uh, people I'm have heard me say this before on the show, but I'm saying it again right now. Greenstock <laughs> is a chef-driven and ingredient-focused salad and wraps in a fast, casual format. And... Nothing comes out of a can. Everything is fresh, including fresh dressings made in-house. And you guys recently revealed the secret behind the amazing tuna salad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, everything we do there is really fresh. Like you were saying, all of our ingredients are, are really well sourced to get the best flavors. Um, like you said, the tuna salad, it's it's fresh sushi gray tuna we're curing it with salt and lemon overnight we're sous viding it until it's a really like nice like medium well so it's not completely dried out and then we're making a really nice salad out of it with our house-made pickles i mean everything we're making from scratch so we t- really take a lot of pride um in what we do i mean it's not just the salad that's slopped together everything is really well thought out right. it is it yeah, is. totally. When you, I post my pictures of it, when I bring it home, I try to make it look really, really pretty and stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so you remember like when, when we, for, very early on, uh, some of our, our very first visits to Il Ritorno, at one point I was like, okay, this place is so good. And I keep seeing more, it filling up all the time. So we made like, a, I think a year's worth of standing monthly reservations. Yeah. I think it was six months. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You guys had them staggered throughout the six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you didn't really know who you, who we were, so you're like, who are these crazy people? Yeah. So so I think <laughs> I might need to do that with it. I flattered that someone was making reserv- so many reservations with us. It was great. <laughs> so, so I think I'm, I'm going to have to do the same thing with the tuna salad. Yeah. No, seriously, you should, you should c- consider selling it like by the pound or something, but you'd probably sell out too fast. It'd probably be the problem, but I, I would buy it that way. Yeah. Awesome. Glad Have you thought that. about that? Um, yeah, we've thought a lot about different, like, especially with having CMP meats and provisions, what to sell in there. Um, and we're still trying to get our head wrapped around that. Right. Yeah, we love that tuna salad. And a lot of times, especially since I've been dieting, you know, I was on Weight Watchers for the last three months, um, I will make tuna salad on Monday and eat it all week. So I'm just like, oh, I wish I could just go buy that. Well, <laughs> You can you can try to listen to Davidson, what he said, how he described it, and see if you can figure it out. Yeah, it's a little bit too much of a process for me, honey. Yeah, it is a process. That's for sure. <laughs> right. So with Greenstock, you guys have a, you know a regular menu with one, two, three, four, five, six, six. One, two, yeah, three, four, six, five, six, seven. Seven, five, seven salads that are already you know preconceived, and then you also have it's called there's so it's. What is it? Chef. Yeah. So those are chef inspired. Then we have you inspired. That's where you can pick and choose your ingredients. And Lori does that a lot and because she, she's really good at it. Yeah. And I usually go with the menu items. 
and you can also do wraps. I finally did a wrap for the first time the other day and wow, it's really, really good. Yeah. I'm a wrap guy just cause I, I like to, you know, eat on the run. Yeah. So, <laughs> makes it a little right. easier. Yeah. And like I said, the hummus is some of the best hummus in town as well. And I want to bring up something because I'll have, I have to be honest, the first couple of times that we ate at Greenstock, I went ahead and got my salad chopped. Yeah. And I, I looked at him I'm like, I don't, I'm not really impressed with this salad. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell David. Yeah. And then I realized, wait, maybe I don't like it that way. Yeah. So then I got it tossed and I'm like, oh my God, this is the best salad. So mm-hmm. for people out there, you should try it both ways to to figure that out because it does make a difference in yeah. how you like salad. Yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. I agree. I agree 100%. Like I'm not a big chopped salad person, but my wife loves chopped salads. So. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, because I don't like it at all. It pushes down too much and I just don't feel like you get the flavors as well. So Yeah, it gets a little watery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. So now maybe we move on to Il Ritorno. Yeah. Okay, so this is a kind of funny. So I had no idea until recently. It's funny how things happen on Facebook where like suddenly everybody's posting about the same thing. And recently it's about the Bucatini shortage, which I had no idea about. But then I loved it that the Il Retorno Facebook page posts, there's no Bucatini shortage here. Because we make our own. Yeah. 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 We um, All of our pastas are making house. You never have to worry about a pasta shortage. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing, though. There's a shortage of Bucatini. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. There's so many strange things out there that there's a shortage of. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, last week we found out there's a shortage of aluminum cans. We were, we were interviewing um, uh, Chris from uh, Green Bench. Right. So Il Ritorno, for those who don't know, is described as modern Italian. So my questions for you on that, David, is how do you mix tradition and modernity? We, we like to learn from tradition and we like to learn about, um, you know, like we're, we're right now working on our dinner uh, for the region Napoli. And I had a good friend of mine, Luca, come and speak to us about, uh, you know, what they traditionally eat there. And it's, you know, it's street food. It's, it's a, a lot uh, poorer village than m- most areas around it. And they're li- really limited on resources. So, um, it's kind of perfect that you asked that because that's what we're trying to figure out now is how do we take those traditions and, and put our modern twist on it? You know, we, we don't really serve street food at Il Retorno, so how do we turn that into something special, something different? Uh, and, you know, with us, it, it, right. it is a balance of, of being true and honest to what the dish is, but it, you know, being our style. And um, there's some dishes that I think we stay a little bit more close to what the traditional dish is and we celebrate what that dish is. And some we like to more celebrate the technique and the ingredients behind that dish. Um, so it kind of depends on what it is. Cool. Have you done, I, I seem to recall, but I couldn't find something on the menu just now, but uh, have you done some dishes using Telegio cheese? Yeah. So we actually, when we cooked at the James Beard house, that was one of the pastas we did. That was the, uh, uh, Telegio annulotti. So it was a uh, annulotti pasta uh, stuffed with Telegio. And then we served it with charred leeks and crispy lamb belly. And it was one of my favorite pastas of all time. And now that you bring it up, mm. it's probably going to have to go back on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever serve that at Ilward? Yeah, we had it on the menu for about two years after 
Okay, okay. So we must have had it. Yeah. So what's funny is I was uh, doing some shopping for cooking the other day and I just happened to see some Telegio cheese and I'm like, yeah, I remember that we've had that at Il Retorno. I'm going to yeah. buy some. We found out that uh, just like Erica is not a fan of truffles, Lori is not a fan of Telegio by itself. Erica is not a fan of Telegio either. She says it smells like stinky feet. It tastes like vomit. <laughs> That's what I do. Oh, don't say that. It's my favorite. No, not in your dishes. Like we even said, but you like it cooked. I'm like, I do. Yeah. I remember yeah. liking my it. My sous chef here, like on its own, like he he can't stand it. But when it's cooked in a dish, he loves it. Exactly. Yeah. It changes something I, about it because it was horrible. He gave me that, the faces I was making. I, I could just eat it straight. I love it. I think it tastes great. It's all yours. <laughs> so yeah, so at Il, Il Retorno, there are standard items that like that never go away. And then there's also seasonal changes. So how do you keep up with what's in season and, and what goes on the menu based on that? Well, we, um, we kind of get, we get inspired by uh, most other states because our seasons are not quite uh, inspiring. Uh, right. Um, so, uh, a lot that we, especially springtime and summertime, we get inspired by a lot of the like produce and mushrooms coming out of the Pacific Northwest. Squash blossoms. And yeah. Things. Blossoms, all that. And we really, I mean, every season we switch up our menu almost completely except for like our short mezzaluna, our bucatini, our mussels and our meatballs, you know, those always pretty much stay the same, but and those meatballs actually came about like a couple of years after you were open. And yeah, that and the tomato sauce for the first two years we were open, we didn't have tomato sauce anywhere. Else. Right. Right. Because you had some sort of agreement with Moscato's, right? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Without going into detail, you can kind of say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's what we have fun with. You know, the, those dishes stay on the menu. They're always going to be on the menu. We're not going to change those couple dishes. But the rest is is an open, open uh, you know, book. I mean, we – I tell my guys each time we create a new menu for the season, like, don't take the footprint. We don't have to do the same, like, proteins as entrees. We don't have to do the same like, – like, we don't have to have a crudo. We don't have to have a bone marrow app. Like, we can play – with different stuff. So it's really uh, fun and inspiring for all these guys to come together and create different stuff and have all of our visions come together to create, you know, about as seasonal as you can get. That's awesome. Well, speaking of that and fun and creative and all of that, how has COVID affected the chef's table and are you still doing that? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, obviously we're closed for a while for takeout only. Um, but since we opened back up, Chef's Table's been been busy. People are still doing it. Um, mm-hmm. We're really finding that uh, I think because people have been stuck inside for so long, and you know they haven't really gone out. That when they do go out, they want like a really awesome experience. They don't want to just go out. Totally. And, and there's you know everyone has their own. Some people are out and about. Some people aren't. So and to each their own. But a lot of people we're finding are going out and 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 coming for these amazing experiences like the Piemonte tasting we're doing right now. It's a seven course tasting and we are selling so many of them. And, and we, that's what we think. That's just people are coming out and wanting these great experiences and they've been locked. And that's, that's just great. for the regular, regular dining. That's not the chef's table. That's a different yep, thing. So that's regular dining, but the chef's table, um, almost every night, uh, we have people at the chef's table. That's great. Yeah. When you guys originally opened back up, we, we came in and at that, that particular night, uh, I think you weren't there actually. And there was no chef's table being 
done. But so, but we yeah, we were we, sat at the chef's but table. But we were sitting there, and one of the things I really loved was since I've been getting more into cooking lately, and I've been doing online culinary lessons and courses. I loved being able to see in the kitchen and watch the guys work. I'm I was just mesmerized the whole time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and it's very interactive. You know, when you're at the chef's bar, you're talking to the cooks, the chefs, all of us, and um, and it, it's fun. We have, we have a lot of fun with the guests at the chef's bar. It's kind of uh, sometimes makes our night. And uh, it, you know, we've also had people at chef's bar that don't make our night, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those that don't know, let's explain exactly what the chef's bar yeah, is. Yeah, so chef's bar is a, a night experience. You have a reservation to sit at our bar looking into our kitchen, and you have that seat for the night. Um, we curate a 9 to 12 course tasting menu. Um, you know, we've done everything from vegan, vegetarians, pescatarians, gluten free, dairy free, everything. Um, to accommodate the chef's bar. And we really uh, take a lot of pride in everything we do there. We, you know, take the reservations usually 48 hours out. That gives us time to prepare the menu and make sure it's perfect. And uh, it's really an opportunity to just have fun with the guests and cook what we want to cook. And, you know, and And that's off menu items. Yeah, we bring in some really cool stuff for it. Like we'll usually have some, you know, foie gras pasta, that we have stuck inside or we always have some fun stuff that we sneak in that, uh, you know, if you don't sit at the chef's bar, you probably won't know about. You're killing me. <laughs> Foie gras pasta. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I want to rattle off uh, some accolades that uh, Il Ritorno has. And I have a couple of questions in the midst of that as well. Yeah. So we, we had our, our first uh, St. Petersburg foodies awards uh, in 2020 and that's where people vote. And Il Ritorno won for best upscale restaurant. Yep. And then we have our best of list that we create ourselves. Uh, Il Ritorno is on the 10 best Italian, best romantic, best cheese and charcuterie, best pasta. And we put you on our own best upscale list as well as winning the uh, voting award. And also you're on best meatballs. And those are smoked meatballs, smoked pomodoro, piave, which is a DOP cow's milk cheese, Chianti, and fresh basil. My question is, how do you smoke the pomodoro? Um, So we actually uh, take some tomatoes and uh, we concasse them, which means we, um, uh, we take the skin off and then dice them. And then we take those and we, we smoke those diced tomatoes. And when we heat up the tomato sauce, we throw those smoked diced tomatoes in it. And that gives it a really nice smoky oh, wow. flavor. So the sauce itself originally isn't smoked. And we introduce it on the uh, what we call the pickup when it's ordered and we start heating the food up. And, and That is so cool. Yeah. So we have tricks like that. And that way it gives us the ability to still have our tomato sauce that we you know, serve with our bucatini or with other items and not have to create two completely different sauces. Right. So how do you make your, uh, your Pomodoro? Oh, it's really simple. Um, it's tomatoes and water. Everyone gets so crazy with, Oh, I got to cook a tomato sauce for 10 hours and it's got to cook down and have all this. And honestly, um, we take tomatoes. So we do half and half, uh, um, San Marzano tomatoes and half, um, just Roma tomatoes that we've peeled and mm-hmm. we let them cook together for about an hour and a half until they all soften up. And then we take a, a big stick blender, we puree it and that's it. Um, yep. that's it. 
nice. then we put in the fresh herbs when we heat it up and the garlic and all that. But it's just a very simple, it's literally just tomato. And it's interesting because that's what Kevin and I have actually learned. And when he, we're taking this Ruby online cooking course, we've made our own tomato sauce at home, peeled them, all that type of stuff. And I'm like, I never had any idea that it just tasted this good that simply. Yeah, you don't have to cook them and cook them and cook it and cook no. and cook. We cooked it one hour. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not it's not doing anything different cooking it for all that time. Right. And it's just simple. You don't have to add all these other ingredients. Yeah, and honestly, I like when I make a tomato sauce, even for the Roma tomatoes, to still have a little bit of texture. So when you pulse them, like there's chunks of it and it's not just this like weird, smooth, like store-bought sauce. Right. Like there's like chunks of tomatoes and it's not, you know. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you guys were also uh, last year on the best octopus list. And looking at the version that is on the current menu, it's described as lardo wrapped octopus. Yep. And I had to look up lardo. It's a type of salumi. Yep. So it's cured. Where, where is it? I'm sorry, where, where are you sourcing it from? Um, so we cure it ourselves. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, this comes from Oliver Farms also. Well, like I said, Oliver Farms, they don't always have pigs. So when we do have pigs, we take advantage of it. So for the most part, it's from Oliver Farms. Um, but yeah, we cure the lardo, just salt, hang it, and then we slice it um, and wrap it around the octopus after it's wow. before searing. And it adds just like a nice fattiness to it and some nice texture around it. Cool. Okay. So I have a, just a few cooking questions for you to wrap this up. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because I know you and Jason Ruhe are, are good friends. Yeah. And I was just have, picturing you and Jason out there at the farms lassoing pigs and bringing. Oh, no. We don't go and do that. They're already, they're <laughs> just already teasing. Like, laying on the table for us. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But I was just picturing it because he always talks about how he wants to go out and buy, get this fish and bring it in and do it all himself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, I don't go and uh, do all that myself. I just do the cooking part of it and the butchering <laughs> myself. <laughs> but, but you were saying you were breaking, breaking them down. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 We butcher them. I mean, we, um, since we've been open seven years ago, uh, we brought in whole lambs, whole wild boars, whole goats, whole, um, everything, uh, except for really pigs. And now, uh, that we're working all over farms. Now we're able to bring in some whole pigs, which is nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially with us, you know, curing our charcuterie, it's going to be really nice. Will you use the pig ears? Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. Of course right. you will. Every part, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll take the jowls and we'll make one chale out of it. I mean, there's, you, you know us, no part's going to go. Yes. You know? No waste. Yeah. So something that we learned uh, from you indirectly, it was, I, I think, during your interview with Candace Aviles a couple of years ago on Meet the Chef, was to save some of the pasta water yeah, big time. and mix that in at the end. So here's my question, because I have two conflicting pieces of information. There's the March 2020 issue of Bon Appetit, where they were interviewing Chef Evan Funk, F-U-N-K-E, and he is supposed to be a well-known, renowned pasta chef. And he says, when salting pasta water, think soup, not the sea. However, Samin Nosrat from Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat yep. says the exact opposite. What do you say? I agree with Evan Funk. When you're, when you're um, making pasta, you want it to taste like ah. broth, like chicken soup. Like you, you never want it salty like the ocean. Gotcha. Hmm. I didn't expect that to be your answer. 
salted like the ocean should be for blanching vegetables, but pasta, no, you're, you're, you're going to start off with a salty product. And you got to think a lot of sauces when you reduce like tomato sauce has natural salinity. A lot of sauces have salinity already in it. So, um, yeah, whenever we do at the restaurant, it's always chicken broth or like that kind of salty, you know, you don't want to go too. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. You have other sources of salt. Yeah. So what's your personal go-to comfort dish? Ooh, uh, I would say, uh, Amatriciana. Um, so Can you Amatriciana, spell that for me? <laughs> A-M-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-N-A. Oh, yeah. okay. So Amatriciana is a, a beautiful dish. Uh, it's got guanciale, tomatoes, mm. uh, spicy onions, um, and then usually topped off with uh, pecorino cheese. And it's just like, in my opinion, is like the, perfect dish to celebrate Italian food. I mean, you always do it with like a bucatini or some kind of harder pasta. You know, you have the guanciale, which is like, in my opinion, one of the best pork products you can work with. And then you get the spicy tomato, the funky pecorino, like it's just a funky, mm-hmm. fun pasta. The guanciale has awesome texture if it's made right and not just cut too small. Um, yeah, that's that's mine. Like you put that in front of me and <laughs> I'm in heaven, yeah. The nice. next time you make that, I better be invited over. <laughs> For sure. We've actually <laughs> thought about putting it on the menu before, but it's just like, I think it conflicts with the bucatini too much. Uh, yeah, we were like, you can only have one tomato sauce pasta on our menu. I don't know. I would like that yeah. spicy one. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and so we already talked about pomodoro sauce. What's your favorite white sauce? Um, My favorite white sauce? Um, how many different white sauces are there? I know. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really like a creamy white sauce, uh, person, but I'd say if you're going to say, I don't know if you could call it white sauce, but cacio pepe, um, mm. just simple butter, Parmesan, create that creaminess, cool. uh, black pepper. That would be my go-to. Yeah. I think those are probably like two really simple Italian pastas, but that are in my opinion, the most flavorful for being so simple. Well, there was a white truffle risotto you had on the menu, which was incredible. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that's cheating in that. Yeah. <laughs> put that into that category. Yeah, it is. So, if you weren't if you weren't cooking Italian food, which type of cuisine would you be cooking? Um, ooh, I, you know, for most of my career, or not most of it, the beginning of my career when I was working for Wolfgang Puck, I really thought I'd be um, cooking like Asian, California. Um, style cuisine cool. uh, for the rest of my life. So I'd say probably that because I, re- I really still, like when I'm at home, we mostly cook Asian, a lot of Korean food. Nice. Uh, specifically. So yeah, I, w- I would say somewhere in the Asian realm. Does Erica like the Asian cooking? Uh, yeah, I guess if you consider like fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> but the kids eat it all, I'm sure. The kids eat it all for the most part. Sometimes they just tell me that something's disgusting or gross. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I mean, w- w- they eat what I eat. So when, whatever I eat at home, they try. Sometimes we got to cook a second dinner. But for the most part, they're, they're pretty good at it. Right. That's awesome. So what's your favorite kitchen knife besides a chef's knife? What's my, ooh, um, probably my boning knife. Nice. Which, like, you know, break down chicken. You can do like smaller items with it. It's really the only two knives I use. I have a 
chef's knife and I have a boning knife, which I use for any butchering, filet, cool. fish, um, everything, any small tasks. Yeah, you're pretty much set for just about everything with those two knives. What size chef's, chef's knife is your favorite? Um, I usually go with a 10-inch. Mm-hmm. Um, just because with only having two knives, I like to have something that's kind of like in the middle, not too big, not too small. So I've always found a, a 9 to 10-inch being the perfect size for me. Mm-hmm. Nice. And we, uh, the one I have here, I think it's uh, it's a Masanobu. Um, most of our knives here in the kitchen we get from like uh, Corin, a uh, Japanese trading company, or uh, or JB Prince, which is a uh, uh, restaurant supply company out of New York. Has a cool webpage that sells like all the nifty gadgets, sous vides, vacuum seals, all, all the nifty stuff. So, so are the knives from them uh, single bevel or double bevel? Um, those are double. Yeah, I find the double bevels are better, easier for me as a lefty to work with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, especially for a lefty. Yeah, because yeah, they're cut for right-handed people, the, right. the single one I discovered. Yeah, I do have one chef's knife that's a single bevel, um, which I like because it gets really, really sharp and sharp really easy. So it's kind of like if I need something super sharp on the fly, I can just quickly run that against my stone and get it to where it needs to be. Right. Nice. nice. So the websites are, it's Il Retorno downtown, right? Yep. Il Retorno downtown.com, eat at greenstock.com and St. Pete meat.com. Chef David Benstock. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to. A little note on the interview with David earlier, he misspoke saying that Greenstock opened in December 2018, but it really was December 2019. New on the site is the recipe we talked about earlier, the healthier Zupa Toscana. And you'll notice that we have updated our recipe design, layout, and features. It looks really cool. So just look for the recipe section on stpetersburgfoodies.com. And next week on the show, we'll be talking to Jacob Lindsay. He's a longtime restaurateur and the new owner of Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar and Altamari Fish Bar. If you'd like to send us fan mail, hate mail, or if you have any requests for interviews or restaurant reviews, just send an email to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, David Benstock and Abby Allen. And thanks to our sponsors, Rolling Oats, The Zest Podcast, Noble Crust, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number Nine. nine. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Prosciutto, a lot of cheese. Come on, come on, what else? Scotch. Nice. Some red wine. Okay. Now we could eat. I got some white too. Give me the white too. Beautiful.
Okay, boys, let's see. 